like a lot of us, I'm sure, I'm getting very, very tired of our endless diet of political ads, or should I say buffet line of political ads. I came across an article recently, though, under the heading of Don't Be Fooled. This is from mintpressnews.com. And they had an interesting take on this little election of ours, outside of the ones that I feel, and you know them already, we won't get into them here. Their take says that this election is already over. Well, I want to get into what John Whitehead had to say about this, and I'm going to do that right here on the other side of this break. They are Kansas City's first broadcast station, and in my view, the best. say they're working for you, they mean it. My friends at Fox 4 KC. In a September 29th article published by mintpressnews.com, columnist John Whitehead gave us something interesting to think about. something that has to do with our elections. 
And I welcome your response to this one as well, because I'm not sure what to think on it. I'm going to read the article first. Here we go. John Whitehead's words are these. Republicans and Democrats alike fear that the other party will attempt to hijack this election. President Trump is convinced that mail-in ballots are a scam except in Florida, where it's safe to vote by mail because of its great Republican governor. <laughs> anyway, the FBI is worried about foreign hackers continuing to target and exploit vulnerabilities in the, in the nation's electoral system, sowing distrust about the parties, the process, and the outcome. Not to mention the supporters. But anyway, I, on the other hand, am not overly worried. After all, the voting booths have already been hijacked by a political elite comprised of Republicans and Democrats who are determined to retain power at all costs. The outcome is a foregone conclusion. The deep state will win, and we the people will lose. The damage has already been done. The Department of Homeland Security, which has been tasked with helping to secure, in quotes, the elections and protect the nation against cyber attacks, is not exactly an agency known for its adherence to freedom principles. After all, this is the agency largely responsible for turning the American Republic into a police state. Since its creation, the Department of Homeland Security has ushered in the domestic use of surveillance drones, expanded the reach of fusion centers, stockpiled an alarming amount of ammunition, including hollow-point bullets, urged Americans to become snitches through a see-something-say-something campaign, overseen the fumbling antics of TSA agents everywhere, militarized the nation's police, spied on activists and veterans, distributed license plate readers and cell phone trackers to law enforcement agencies, contracted to build detention camps, carried out military drills and lockdowns in American cities, conducted virtual strip searches of airline passengers, established constitution-free border zones, funded citywide surveillance cameras, and undermined the Fourth Amendment at every turn. So no, I'm not losing a night's sleep over the thought that this election might be, might by any more might be rather any more rigged than it already is. And I'm not holding my breath in the hopes that the winner of this year's popularity contest will save us from government surveillance, weaponized drones, militarized police, endless wars, SWAT team raids, asset forfeiture schemes, over-criminalization, profit-driven private prisons, graft in corruption, or any of the other evils that masquerade as official government business these days. You see, after years of trying to wake Americans up to the reality that there is no political savior who will save us from the police state, let me, let me read that part of the sentence again. After years of trying to wake Americans up to the reality that there is no political savior who will save us from the police state, I've come to realize that Americans want to engage in the reassurance ritual of voting. They want to believe the fantasy that politics matter. They want to be persuaded that there's a difference between the Republicans and Democrats. Guess what, boys and girls? There's not. 
Some will swear that Donald Trump has been an improvement on Barack Obama. Uh, sorry, guys, he is not. Others are convinced that Joe Biden's values are different from Donald Trump's. With both of them, money talks. Most of all, voters want to buy into the fantasy that when they elect the president, they're getting someone who truly represents the citizenry rather than the deep state. In fact, in the oligarchy, that is the American police state, an elite group of wealthy donors is calling the shots in cooperation with the political elite. The sad truth is that it doesn't matter who wins the White House because they all work for the same boss, corporate America. Understanding this, many corporations hedge their bets on who will win the White House by splitting their donations between Democratic and Republican candidates. Politics is a game, a joke, a hustle, a con, a distraction, a spectacle, a sport. Uh, I'm sorry, I, in my mind it's not, but anyway. But for, but for many devout Americans, and for many devout Americans, a religion. It is a political illusion aimed at persuading the citizenry that we are free, that our vote counts, and that we actually have some control over the government when in fact we are prisoners of a corporate elite. In other words, it's a sophisticated ruse aimed at keeping us divided and fighting over two parties whose priorities, more often than not, are exactly the same, so that we don't join forces and do what the Declaration of Independence suggests, which is to throw the whole lot out and start over. I'm for that myself, but anyway. It's no secret that both parties support endless war, engage in out-of-control spending, ignore the citizenry's basic rights, have no respect for the rule of law, are bought and paid for by big business, care most about their own power, and have a long record of expanding government and shrinking liberty. Most of all, both parties enjoy an intimate, incestuous history with, with each other and with the money elite that rule this country. Despite the jabs the candidates volley at each other for the benefit of the cameras, they're a relatively chummy bunch away from the spotlight. Moreover, despite Congress's so-called political gridlock, our elected officials seem to have no trouble finding a common ground when it's time to collectively kowtow to the megacorporations, lobbyists, defense contractors, and other special interest groups to whom they have pledged their true allegiance. So don't be fooled by the smear campaigns and name-calling or drawn into their divide-and-conquer politics of hate. They're just useful tactics that have been proven to engage voters and increase voter turnout while keeping the citizenry at each other's throats. It's all a grand illusion. It used to be that the cogs, wheels, and gear shifts in the government machinery worked to keep the republic running smoothly. However, without our fully realizing it, the mechanism has changed. Its purpose is no longer to keep our republic running smoothly. To the contrary, this particular contraption's purpose is to keep the deep state in power. Its various parts are already a corrupt part of the whole. Just consider how insidu insidious, incestuous, and beholden to the corporate elite the various parts of the mechanism have become. Congress. Perhaps the most notorious offenders and most obvious culprits in the creation of the corporate state, Congress has proven itself to be both inept and avaricious, 
oblivious champions of an authoritarian system that is systematically dismantling their constituents' fundamental rights. Long before their elected, congressmen are trained to dance to the tune of their wealthy benefactors, so much so that they spend two-thirds of their time in office raising money. As Reuters reports, for many lawmakers, the daily routine in Washington involves fundraising as much as legislating. The culture of nonstop political campaigning shapes the rhythms of daily life in Congress, as well as the landscape around the Capitol. It also means that lawmakers often spread, spend more time listening to the concerns of the wealthy than anyone else. The President. What Americans want in a president and what they need are two very different things. The making of a popular president is an exercise in branding, marketing, and creating alternate realities for the consumer, a.k.a. the citizenry, that allows them to buy into a fantasy about life in America that is utterly divorced from our increasingly grim reality. Take our current president, for instance, who got elected by promising to drain the swamp in Washington, D.C., Instead of putting an end to the corruption, however, he has paved the way for lobbyists, corporations, the military-industrial complex, and the rest of the deep state, also referred to as the Seventh Floor Group, to feast on the carcass of the dying American Republic. The lesson, to be a successful president, it doesn't matter whether you keep your campaign promises, sell the American people to the highest bidder, or march in lockstep with the corporate state as long as you keep telling people what they most want to hear. The Supreme Court. The, Supreme, the U.S. Supreme Court, once the last refuge of justice, the one governmental body really capable of rolling back the slowly emerging tyranny enveloping America, has instead become the champion of the American police state, absolving government and corporate officials of their crimes while relentlessly punishing the average American for exercising his or her rights. Like the rest of the government, the court has routinely prioritized profit, security, and convenience over the basic rights of the citizenry. Indeed, law professor Erwin Chemerinsky makes a compelling case that the Supreme Court, whose justices have overwhelmingly come from positions of privilege, almost unerringly throughout its history, sides with the wealthy, the privileged, and the powerful. The media. Of course, this triumvirate of total control would be completely ineffective without a propaganda machine provided by the world's largest corporations. Besides shoveling drivel down our throats at every possible moment, the so-called news agencies, which are supposed to act as bulwarks against government propaganda, have instead become the mouthpieces of the state. The pundits which pollute our airwaves are at best court jesters and at worst propagandists, for the false reality created by the American government. When you have internet and media giants such as Google, NBC Universal, News Corporation, Turner Broadcasting, Thomson Reuters, Comcast, Time Warner, Viacom, Public Radio International, and the Washington Post Company donating to political candidates, you no longer have an independent media, which we used to refer to as the fourth estate, that can be trusted to hold the government accountable. And finally, we the people of the United States, of the, in my mind, divided states. We the people now belong to a permanent underclass in America. It doesn't matter what you call us, chattel, slaves, worker bees, it's all the same. 
What matters is that we are expected to march in lockstep with and submit to the will of the state in all matters, public and private. Unfortunately, through our compl complicity in matters large and small, we have allowed an out-of-control corporate state apparatus to take over every element of American society. We are playing against a stacked deck. The game is rigged, and we the people keep getting dealt the same losing hand. The people dealing the cards, the politicians, the corporations, the judges, the prosecutors, the police, the bureaucrats, the military, the media, etc., have only one prevailing concern, and that is to maintain their power and control over the citizenry, while milking us out of our money and possessions. It really doesn't matter what you call them. Republicans, Democrats, the 1%, the elite, the controllers, the masterminds, the shadow government, the police state, the surveillance state, the military-industrial complex. So long as you understand that while they are dealing the cards, the deck will always be stacked in their favor. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, our failure to remain informed about what is taking place in our government to know and exercise our rights, to vocally protest, to demand accountability on the part of our government representatives, and at a minimum to care about the plight of our fellow Americans has been our downfall. Now we find ourselves once again caught up in the spectacle of another presidential election, and once again the majority of Americans are acting as if this election will make a difference and bring about change. As if the new boss will be different from the old boss. When in doubt, just remember what the astute commentator George Carlin had to say about the matter. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets, and they own all the big media companies. So they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you, I'm going to say it this way, by the throat. They spend billions of dollars every year lobbying. Lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more, more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of, of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interests. They want obedient workers. Obedient workers, people who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged, and nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on. It's called the American Dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. That, my friends, is what you call powerful. A lot of things he had to say. And I think that is very definitely food for thought for each and every one of us. The bottom line, of course, is this. Voting booths have already been hijacked by a political elite compromised of Republicans and Democrats who are determined to retain power at all costs. 
The outcome is a foregone conclusion. The deep state will win and we the people will lose. But I think I could add a tag ending to that last sentence. We the people will lose if we're not well informed. But we have to find ways of getting informed without listening to the rhetoric. There's no way that we're going to be able to be totally informed unless we get our information ourselves. We'll be right back. Would you like an early Christmas gift idea? This is Terry Runyon from the New Directions podcast with a suggestion involving shirts. Bonfire.com. I've I've gone together with Bonfire.com to expand the shirt line for you. I have them available for both men's and women's in all sizes. I have a premium selling for $24.99. I have a classic at $23.99. The sweatshirt is at $35.99. It's a crew neck sweatshirt. I have a tri-blend t-shirt at $28.99. The women's are at $24.99. The v-neck, $24.99 as well. The comfort colors, and there were a bunch of them to choose from, are available for $27.99. So the price range is between $23.99 all the way up to the sweatshirt price, which again is at $35.99. They're all available from bonfire.com and I invite you to check them out whenever you can. A music double play beginning with Blake Shelton.
And now the second half. And the second half in 15 seconds. Just a second. Here we go. We got it right about here. Here's the second half with darks.
We'll be right back. Those of you who have known me for any length of time at all know that I can get very opinionated on a lot of different things. One of the opinions that I have had over the course of this pandemic has to do with my feeling of Congress not doing anything, not really doing anything together since 9-11. I originally said that jokingly, but I'm finding myself believing it more and more. Another article from mintpressnews.com has the headline of the 20-year journey from 9-11 to COVID-19 and the freedoms lost along the way. And like John was able to do in his article about the elections, he's spreading out his opinion to include everybody. And I'm going to share his opinion with you on the, on the next edition of the New Directions podcast. Moving for final thoughts, I'm waiting for, here we go, we'll do it this way. Charlie Daniels and the Charlie Daniels Band posted this thought to Facebook originally, and it's in his book, Let's, make, Let's All Make the Day Count. All that glitters is not gold, and all that sparkles are not diamonds. Take a long, hard look before you leap, and let's all make the day count. Thoughts for all of us as I wind things up for this edition of the New Directions Podcast. Thank you for being with me as always. See you for the next edition when we once again, hopefully, open our eyes, America. To get us out of here, here's Charlie. Here's Charlie.
in the booth and 